Welcome to Wind Down, the weekly catch-up between friends Scott and Lydia. We'll be discussing the stories of the week as well as giving you a much-needed dose of good news. There'll also be a book recommendation and Scott's gift of the week, all accompanied by a big glass of wine. So grab a bottle, settle down and enjoy! And hello everyone. Hi everyone. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed that intro as much as we have. I think we should just make it the new intro. I think I wish we could do that. I <laughs> Forget oh, yeah, copyright. Show you that thing. Please taste, let's have a copyright. Oh my god, I would love that to be our tune. That'd be so good. <laughs> I keep wanting me to tweet about like imagine this at like Pride this year, like what oh that would have been. I think they should like, generally be our Eurovision entry. <laughs> oh, like we would actually win it for once. We definitely would. <laughs> like we actually would. <laughs> Literally, just embodies Eurovision. Come on. <laughs> oh my god, it's just no, it's, be- it's better than Eurovision. <laughs> Sorry, like they are literally like they're like the Lex Little Mix. Like they're better. <gasps> oh my god, just like, they are. Like they're just so cool. Oh. I love them so much. Such... Anyway, we'll go on to that in a second. <laughs> um, how are you, Han? <laughs> oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking an afternoon off, like booked off, not skiving. Um, <laughs> it's going to leave. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I just need a bit of time. And I think everyone should just take, you know, half a day, a day at the moment, because it's all just getting a bit much, I think. Yeah, I think people don't realise, like, I feel like some, at the moment, everyone's sort of like, oh, let's save up my holiday for, like, when we can start going and do things. But, no, I completely agree. I think it was, like, a couple of weeks ago, I took, like, a Monday and a Friday off mm. um, and had, like, a long weekend. And, yeah, I generally felt so, like, refreshed and sort of, like, ready to come back to work almost. Mm. That's why I feel um, like I'm missing that, like, oomph. So I yeah. need to, like, yeah, take it. Just even, like, a half day, just have, like, a bit of a chill weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited. How nice. are you? I'm good, I'm good. I feel like it's been one of those weeks that I feel like I haven't stopped. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. when I do stop, I will not be able to move because I will just be so tired. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, but, no, yeah just got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't. We can stop. We can no, have a lay down. I... <laughs> Let's have a lay down. <laughs> and a glass of wine? Uh, oh, yes, please. Right. Um, what are we drinking? So we are drinking the original Matthias Rosé. Mm-hmm. Now I'm excited I've, about this. Yeah. So I don't usually like sweet wine, but I like a Matthias mm-hmm. because my mum makes a really good sangria with it. Oh, my love- God. What a babe. Mm. And I like to have mine controversial. I don't have it in a wine glass. I have it in like a like a tumbler glass. Oh, my God. God, okay. Any reason why? <laughs> well, it's because I had I haven't really had it much. I just had it like with the sangria and it just I don't know. I think it's because it looks a bit oh it's a bit fizzy. Why does it look fizzy? I think uh, yeah, I get what you mean. Looks like squash now. <laughs> I mean it tastes like it. I love this wine. It's one of my favourites. Mmm. Oh. But like I know it says it's sweet, but I don't actually think it is sweet. No, I feel like it actually tastes. Um, you now I get those wines that like oh the berries and stuff like that. Mm. I feel like this actually tastes like actual berries, not like yeah fake berries. <laughs> yeah, because usually yeah fake, fake berries. Fake berries. Because <laughs> usually my rosé colour it has to be basically like basically white in colour. 
like right. so blush whereas like i would never pick a wine that's this color mm. apart from this one because it's just got something about it yeah i get what you mean like this is the wine that we always have for our christmas dinners like it's just been a tradition Aww. in a fa- in my family like my dad will always have this wine or like even when we used to have like roast dinners um when like i lived at home we used to have this with it um Aww. yeah like it's, i've always been a fan of this wine it's so nice that's cute because i hate when like you have wine with dinner and it's like a really overpowering wine so it mm. almost like it jars your food you're eating whereas this one's yeah. like a nice one you can just slowly chug at while you're eating <laughs> yeah it's going down very well yeah i probably will finish this bottle by the end of this podcast <laughs> it is 11 percent as well we should add so oh. maybe yeah little hangover tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> on that note let's dive right into drag race because i feel like we've got quite a bit to talk about oh my god Uh, right (laughs) where do we start (laughs) so the queens came back after the seven month break of filming Mm -hmm. um and some came back and i was very excited for some came back being extra cocky and confident (laughs) But we'll get on to that in a second. <laughs> Our poor Veronica. Oh, we love Veronica so, oh, so much. So I'm really disappointed. Like, See, I don't know if I mentioned it in last week's one about that I knew there was going to be changes when they came back. Mm. But I didn't know because I remember that I heard through a friend that they had to recast mm. or something went on with the cast. And now it makes sense that obviously yeah. Veronica unfortunately didn't come back because she tested positive. Oh no, but I really hope they're going to offer a space for the next year's one, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is good because then she's got like added time to like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, hopefully next year she'll come back even, even better Mm. and really prove everyone wrong that doubt is her. Because she is a queen, she's amazing. She's so good and she's so like genuine and lovely. Yeah, she's stunning as well. She's gorgeous. Yeah. but we miss people like her and then we get people like sister sister come back with a new set of teeth which I'm sorry not in a horrible way I really don't rate I preferred her teeth before yeah like this is not like the sister sister hate train but like no just not really feeling her no like I just I feel like like the way I feel, used to feel about Ahura, because I feel like my opinion on her has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to think Ahura was very like bitchy and sassy and like unnecessarily mm. uh, like on the attack towards the other queens. Yeah. But then I'm like, I know that that's just her character and like that is yeah. just her sass and the way she yeah. is. But I feel like with Sister, it's almost like an actual genuine hatred or... Yeah. It, like, do you I, know what I mean? Like, there's an actual thing behind mm. what she says and I'm like I'm not here for that yeah I feel like with a horror like it is definitely like part of her sass like that's her personality mm. sort of thing whereas I feel like Sisters is trying to be like a horror but it doesn't work because a horror still got that like funny tiny little edge to her that means you know that it's not serious mm. and because you know she doubts herself so much but you know it's basically just like bravado because she's it's, just yeah. trying to mask her insecurities which isn't an excuse but like her sassiness feels a bit more approachable than yeah. like a direct dig. It's almost like a horror's just being shady, but mm. sister's just plain damn right rude. Yeah. 
and like I don't know. Oh, she just makes me feel a bit like, mm. like I just just don't like her. She makes me actually want to put down my wine glass and chuck it at the screen. <laughs> and it takes a lot for me to want to do that. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. there's just something about her because at first I was like, because like, although it's up until like this episode, she was like yeah. just in the background, and I was like, girl, like stop complaining. Yeah, if you're just in the background, you're not doing anything. Like that's your own fault. And then she bloody comes out. But not in the way I'd want that to. Yeah, like I was expecting, I kind of was actually like low key rooting for her to come back and actually prove me wrong. Like mm. I feel like a lot of the other drag queens have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She so came true. back and I was like, you proved me so right. Like... Also, how does she like get her teeth done in quarantine and lockdown? I think because um, it's under like cosmetics, I think it actually counts as like a, a an okay thing to be done. Oh, priorities. Yeah. But I just... I think we've given her enough airtime, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Done. Um, So, yeah, in the episode, three queens were allowed the opportunity Mm. to come back. So it was Mm. Joe Black, Estina and Cherry Valentine. And the queens had their say, basically, and... All of them but one voted for Joe Black to come back. No, a few of them voted for Estina, didn't they? Like two or three of them. I think it was just a horror that voted for oh, Estina. Really? Because I thought that Tace would, but Tace voted yeah. for Joe as well. And I was like, <gasps> scandal. Mm. But And I couldn't tell whether people were voting almost so that they wouldn't like, because Joe went out in the first week. So maybe they're like, well, Joe won't be as much competition. Mm. I was that, when I was like, first watched the episode, I was like, oh my God. Please let Joe come back. Like she actually deserves it. Like mm. she really went out way too early. Mm. And then to see her performance, oh. I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, like I feel like she. I don't really know much about like the drag scene in the UK mm. or anywhere to be honest. But <laughs> I feel like she almost has this like not arrogance because I wouldn't say she's arrogant, but I think the other way the other queens built her up is like this figure and an icon mm. of the drag scene she almost went in there being like I know what I'm doing like I'm better than yeah. everyone not I don't it wasn't that kind of energy because I didn't she was nasty at all at any point at all like I think she was lovely but I also did think she had this kind of like I know what I'm doing authority sort of vibe yeah like she almost used her like years of experience as a mm. leg up on the other queens yeah yeah when no I, I like, totally got that yeah, whereas like some of them are a bit more like just modern. I feel like they reflect more modern drag. Mm. Whereas I feel like she does kind of represent like because when I first saw her come in, I was like, that is classic drag. Yeah, that's literally what I thought. Whereas now I think like people are like horror and stuff, you're getting more modern kind of drag and taste and everything. Yeah, it's like a new age of drag, really, isn't mm. it? Like yeah. yeah, like when I saw Joe, I was like, that to me is like quintessential drag. Like when I think of mm. proper drag, that I think of Joe Black. Yeah, but yeah, like there's definitely been a shift. Um, probably I'd say that in the last two, three years, maybe mm. to this new age of drag. Like mm. it's all the makeups, all the looks. Like you've got to serve it. And yeah, yeah. If you don't serve it, then you end up going home, <laughs> mm. like Joe did again. <laughs> <laughs> like I think, like should we discuss the H and M? Oh my God, H and bloody M. Yep. <laughs> Uh, just I don't know how I feel about it I see like both sides of the argument I think yeah but I feel like ultimately I see it more from 
Rue's side. Yeah. But like Rue got on his high horse and oh my God, he was riding that horse. Oh no. Like I, he was going in on them last week. Um, I know. And I think again, like everyone was saying, like during the times that we're living in, the delivery was not great. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. And I think also like those kind of conversations about money and drag were coming up before the pandemic even started. Like mm. Ellie Diamond was saying that in Scotland, she has to work at McDonald's to fund her drag yeah. because she can't afford it. And I think that's a really, a conversation that doesn't take place often. And that obviously in the pandemic, so many of them lost work mm-hmm. and were, like, had nothing to do. No, completely. Like it was, it was like, it's actually really sad because you don't, like you said, you don't hear that side of it. Mm. So all we hear is all the, like, the glitz, the glamour, like the, mm. all that kind of the shade and all of that. Like you don't actually hear that they're proper hustling to keep mm. their drag going really like the their career that they really want they can't actually fully go for because they're having mm. to work on the side in something yeah. else to fund and, it yeah and I think we, like during lockdown there was so much talk about like the theatres and stuff yeah. but there wasn't any other talk about the rest of like the art community yeah and the performance community I feel like, it was That's all like clubs true. like clubs in terms of like club owners and like mm-hmm bars and restaurants and theatres but not like DJs or you know performance artists or drag artists Um, but I just I think it's that thing of like I I don't have a again I don't have a problem you going to H&M and buying Mm. a dress but I'm with Rue in terms of like if I was in a competition like that I wouldn't go to H&M and just leave it as it is I'd have to jazz it up in some way go on Amazon buy some like crystals or embellishments and do something Mm. with it because it's like you obviously made that decision to be like I'm getting that H&M dress so like even in H&M there's probably a more extra dress than that yeah and I think and I I get again what Rue says about you're on the main stage of one of the biggest drag competition in the world Mm. everyone in the world well not everyone Mm. everyone who likes the show in the world watch that and see that and mm. I get also not pitting them against each other, but mm. when you do see other queens living like their extra lives in their outfits, mm. and you see yeah. that, and it's just like twenty four ninety nine from H and M, yeah, it's like eh. yeah, and it's almost like twenty four ninety nine. You can actually get like fabric for that, and you can get gems. Like you can really make something. Mm. Obviously, you've got to have like a sewing machine and stuff, which is a cost in itself. If you've already got that. And you could have he could have made something really cool. Yeah, because it's like like in my past work and like what I'd sometimes do is like go on like Boohoo on Pretty Little Thing and stuff like that. Buy like a basic, I don't know, jumpsuit or something. Mm. And then literally go on Amazon and you can just get like fabric glue and some gems and just literally bedazzle the, the SHIT out of, out of it. Like <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it'll look completely different and so elevated. Yeah. So I get mm. what Rue was saying from that point, but mm. you found a tweet, didn't you? Yeah, that it was really by, good. By Victor Velvet, who is a drag king and a Twitter lurker. Um, I don't think that's their <laughs> official job. Um, and they'd written, I'm so over the RuPaul part of Drag Race. You can't hold UK drag to the same standard of competition as US drag when one group has a chance to win $100,000 and the other doesn't. And in a pandemic when they couldn't work, fuck you. Um, which, I mean, 
is a strong opinion but a yeah. valid one um because i that's what i was thinking about like the drag race when i watched it last year i was like wait all well, they're winning is a badge it's like i really don't understand that like, like it's obviously it's obviously the bbc not putting up the funds for it essentially but like even so in um like the us and i can't remember about like canada and other ones uh-uh. but like when you win a mini challenge you like when you win a maxi challenge mm-hmm. um you win like either a holiday like trips money like cash prizes mm-hmm. uh like money towards like wigs and costumes and stuff like that all you mm-hmm. get here is a badge and i get yeah. i think it's meant to be tied to the whole like blue peter badge kind of thing yeah, yeah that is what it is which yeah. totally get it yeah but all they win at the end is like a contract to film a tv show in america yeah like, like what yeah and i think it's weird because we obviously don't know why that is because i think mm. in america like even in like this like i was watching this food competition about making leftovers like into new food okay. and there was three challenges and you won 10 grand like for doing nothing said for like a half an hour episode you won 10 grand yeah so like there is a budget in america for those sorts of things but I also think the BBC, if they were like, I'm not if they were smart enough because obviously they know what they're doing, but like, I'm surprised that they haven't done like partnerships with like, say, like Morphe being like, we'll offer you like an entire makeup collection. Exactly. Promotion sort of vibe. I just, it's a bit weird that they got no like brands involved. Yeah, there's no like sponsors. And I think there would be a lot of brands out there mm. that would be more than happy to sponsor Drag Race. Yeah. But I don't know whether that's because of the BBC, like what their advertising sort of regulations are. Mm, yeah, true. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But one good thing that did come out of last week's episode is the iconic song, UK Hun. <laughs> should, should we play it again? I'm talking about my weave. <laughs> Like what a song! Iconic, like, absolutely iconic. Iconic, <laughs> and it's crazy how bad the others did as well. Oh like, my god! Awful, so awful. Like, and I think they thought they were going to be like the best ones as well, which was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I just hate watching those sort of things where it's just so cringe. Yeah. Because I, I thought even... that, go on. No, no, carry on. I thought that like the um, was it the United Kingdoms? I thought mm. that they would be worse because of mm. like Lawrence really doubting himself. Yeah. And like Taste was really taking the lead and all of that. Mm. And then it's just funny how what you see like the rehearsals, you think you get an idea of who's going to do good and who's going to do bad. Mm. But then they went on stage and they turned it out. Yeah. Like, such a good performance and they all looked amazing as well yeah i think that's what the thing was it was like they were just cooler mm. like i would genuinely like pay to see them yeah i was like others i was like i'll just turn it off it's just embarrassing the verses were just in, more interesting as well like their lyrics were so much better it was like snappy it was funny mm. it was clever and also like bimini for like like queen of the world oh my god that <laughs> jump split i was like oh my Ooh. god <laughs> like they are just amazing i like take back every single comment i made in our first honestly absolute queen like Mm -hmm. they really deserve to go far in this competition 
yeah I wouldn't be surprised if now they do but then it's weird because obviously all this public reaction has happened like six months after it was filmed or whenever so like it's weird because they won't have known that when they were filming it when they were filming it yeah 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 yeah. it is weird when you think about it that way Mm. one thing I didn't really like this week was Tia who I usually love because I do get like what Rue's saying she was like oh bring it next time it's like you've been saying that each week and you haven't bought it yeah and in the I don't know if you watched it or not the Queen's Lockdown episode I haven't yet um so that aired on last on last Friday and in that Tia actually says I'm going to um prep all my wigs you're not ever going to see a flat wig again and then literally, then also comparing it to the episode, I was like, "Sorry, what? The, sorry, did your wig just deflate? Like, what mm. happened?" And it like, just her didn't outfit, hit the spot. And her outfit, I was like, "You literally look like a cupcake." Like, Honestly, I literally, I was like, "What is she meant to be? Like a cherry bakewell or something?" Yeah, it like, took me like a good few seconds to be like, "Oh, she's an ice cream cone." So annoying because, like, you know, she can do it, mm. and it's but like, she just needs to actually follow through and do it and stick to it. Mm. And I think it's just. It's like that money conversation again. So like I don't want to like have a go at her for that because you know you can't help what you have, mm. kind of thing. No one should be like have a go at for like not having as much money as the rest of them. Yeah. But it's just like it does show on that kind of show, like mm-hmm. not having it or not or just not think, using your mind in the best way possible to come up with the best outfit. Yeah, like if they, the, I don't mean this in the way it's going to come across, but like I think the queens had it almost not like not lucky but you know what I mean they yeah. had that seven months break if that was me in that time I would have been working my absolute butt off to learn skills mm. learn sewing yeah. like develop my makeup learn how to do my wigs properly do you know what I mean mm. I would have gone in on that time like yeah apart from like not being able to afford a sewing machine like yeah. you then really don't have an excuse to not like yeah. learn like you say like that is a perfect opportunity but that so then, many other like, comp wouldn't have had no exactly and I think again it's that thing of a neat like a needle and thread doesn't cost anything hand so like yeah, do you know what I mean so. like if you really want to do well in this competition yeah. and you want to go for it mm. use what you can and do what you can yeah use like every tool in your toolbox and just literally go for it. use mm. every tool if you have to <laughs> yeah get the but drill out be, but don't be a tool yeah don't be one of them <laughs> <laughs> Sister. Um, <laughs> um, oh, the sass. <laughs> should I just go on Drag Race and just like shit, like read these queens? Oh my god, I would love to do that. <laughs> no, I'd be too scared and be like, I love you all so much. <laughs> Apart from you. <laughs> yeah, you can piss off. Um, anyway, so should we move on from that? Let's move on. <laughs> oh, um, so. This week, it was sadly a year since Caroline Flack passed away, mm-hmm. um, which one, I cannot believe it's already been a year. Oh, no. Like, that, that's crazy. Um, so we, Lydia found a really cool article, um, and it's basically mm. titled, it's on Harper's Bazaar, and it's titled 10 Famous Women Who Were Brutally Destroyed by the Press. And... I think with like Meghan Markle announcing her pregnancy, obviously the year um, anniversary of Caroline's death and then like Britney, the Britney Spears stuff that's going on at the moment, I think it's very fitting to talk about this and talk about those women. Mm, I um, think it's, you know, it's a, unfortunately I don't even think it's just, you know, 
down to those 10 women there's mm. like I think every woman in the public eye has faced scrutiny yeah and I think obviously more some more than others mm-hmm. for like no reason whatsoever yeah and I don't know why in our culture we love that so much but then we yeah. just spent like 10 minutes slagging off drag queens. So I'm like, well, are we the problem then? Like, Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because you do think like you you don't do that, but mm. like you just, we just been... Done it. We've just been a bitch about, been time been a bitch about of... the sister. Yeah. <clears throat> I just... It's, it's I a think, hard topic. Obviously... Mm, but obviously the thing is we're two individuals like you know our thoughts are our thoughts and they really represent ourselves mm. you know we're not a media organization even though we work for them but this, is yeah. not, our, this podcast has nothing to do with either of those no and so we can kind of say what we want because we don't have that responsibility yeah completely. and also our listenership is not big enough to like warrant <laughs> having that responsibility to be like this is wrong this is right mm. we shouldn't say those sort of things um but I think obviously media organisations do have a history of yeah. literally like delving into people's phones, mm-hmm. you know, chasing people down the street, breaking into their homes. Hugh Grant used to have reporters like break into his home all the time. I do not know about and it's crazy. Just like, oh, and I think it's a thing, isn't it? Like you, I remember, you don't really hear it so much now. I mean, sometimes you might do. But I remember mm-hmm. like growing up, you used to hear a lot of people say that like they signed up for that when they yeah. got the job that they got. And I'm like, mm. yeah, but there's being in the public eye and then there's being chased down the street by people. Yeah. Like, no. And I, yeah, and I think like people like Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears who yeah. were in those in this industry before they were like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. What do you sign up for as a child? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, your parents might have signed you up for that but you personally did not sign up for that. So to then say that is a bit, it's just not true because especially as a child, you have no idea what you're signing up for. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to make a film. That's so cool. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's all you think. Yeah, you don't think that you're all of a sudden going to be going on to like chat shows later on in your life and being absolutely grilled by the presenters mm. and, I mean, finding yourself yeah. almost wrapped up in this world of just getting mm. bashed and yeah. judged on every action you do yeah I mean I do think you know what well, if especially if you come to fame as an adult you have to sort of see how it could go yeah but I also think things just happen really quickly and you get so excited like you get offered an opportunity and you're like oh my god yeah that's so exciting I'll do that yeah and then that snowballs into another thing and then by that time you're famous mm-hmm. and you're getting everyone telling you that you're a horrible human being and then you're like what do I do now yeah and, and, and it's that stuck. thing as well like I'm I'm very much that person that I'm like but what you're never a celebrity you're never gonna know unless you know them personally mm-hmm. you can think you know them but then you're only knowing what they give out in the public eye or how they mm. act when the cameras are on and or on their Instagram and stuff like that like I could easily make an account on Instagram under a different name and be a whole different person than who I actually mm. am. And no yeah. one will know. Yeah. Like, no one's going to know that. If you don't know me, you're going to think that that's who I am. Yeah. And I think true. it's just easy for... Not easy, sorry, that's not the right word. But, like, people can construct these... They're almost characters or personas. Bit, yeah. Like, I'm never forget, like, 
I used to, I still do, like Marilyn Monroe, absolutely love her. And I've always been Mm. so interested in her. And it was Mm. always known that as soon as she stepped out of her house or whatever, or her Mm. her room, she was Marilyn Monroe. She wasn't Norma Jean anymore. She was this Mm. person that everyone in the world loved. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said that, like, that she had a different name when she came out of the room. So it's Mm. like, we always forget, like, celebs literally have different names. Yeah, It's like when they're playing a character. Mm-hmm. like it's like when Lorraine Kelly yeah got off what was it tax or something because she was like yeah. I'm not being myself I'm playing, I'm playing Lorraine car- Kelly yeah which was a bit dodge maybe she got but, away with that didn't she yeah she did get away with that which I did <laughs> to some extent I do understand but I'm also like mm, okay Lorraine that's mm. not like the big problems in the world but sure yeah go ahead and I think I mean should we discuss Meghan Markle Yes, let's, because I'm interested <laughs> in what you've got to say about her. <laughs> right. No, like, I have nothing against her, like, personally. I think, mm. like, I'm really happy that Prince Harry is, like, happy with someone and he's got his family. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate everything that she stands for. And, like, it must have been horrible to go into that family. Yeah. And to be told, no, 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 you can't do that. No, 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 I'm doing that. We're doing this. You can't say that. You can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. not to be able to open your car door. Like, that must be exhausting. To be like a 37 year old, was she 37 when they got married? Thanks. Yeah, like near her 40s to then yeah. be told to, to be told what you can and cannot do. Mm. Like I would hate that now, let alone, you know, having been married, having a, had my whole like a massive career beforehand. Yeah. To then be told you can't open your own car door. Mm-hmm. I would get why that was so frustrating. Mm. However, I think announcing your pregnancy is one thing. Mm-hmm. announcing your pregnancy with a photo shoot that looks like it's the cover of Vogue when you mm. deliberately said you wanted to step out of the spotlight and you wanted a family life which I completely completely respect like good for them like go and have a lovely time in LA mm-hmm. like go have your avocado toast sit in the sun and play with the kids in the pool like yeah. good for you but then don't come out and then be like but we're gonna be on the cover of every newspaper with our Vogue photo shoot-esque Vogue photo shoot telling the world we're having another baby it's hard, like, yeah, like, it's so hard. I find that I'm really like, in the middle about this because <laughs> I get it, like, and I totally get that. But then, like, mm. the way I look at it is that, like, their, their problem with, like, being over here was that a lot of things were, like, leaked about them and mm. they didn't have control over what was being leaked or the press was getting told and mm. stuff like that. So with this, they've controlled that shoot They've mm. been in charge of that and they've mm. consented to releasing that information how and when they wanted to release that information. Yeah, and I do appreciate that fact as well. Because I'm just trying to remember what they specifically said when they were like, we're leaving. Like, I'm trying to feel like, I feel like it's gotten so like warped that I can't even remember what their original statement was of why they no, were leaving. I can't, I can't remember. Um, but obviously they had the, they were suing, was it the Daily Mail? Daily Mail, yeah. Um, they won part I, of the case. They lost that, didn't they? They lost. They lost one case, and they've lost the one recent one. Yeah, which was about a letter from Megan's dad or something being. Yeah. Which again, like that is something she obviously didn't want out, and I fully get that. Yeah. But if then that got out and she consented to it, then it's Mm. fine. But it's the fact that obviously she didn't consent to that information being publicly released to the entire world. Yeah, that is true. Whereas this and the pregnancy announcement. They literally mm. had a say in how they wanted it shot, who they wanted to shoot mm. it, 
Do you know I mean, that they've had that. I mean, obviously, yeah. they've probably got that agent. She's got an agent or whatever. Like, yeah, they have their people oh, they'll have like massive teams. Yeah, yeah. And I think, but I think <laughs> now that they're doing a tell-all interview with Oprah, yeah, that's interesting. I've I'm really surprised at Prince Harry because I think you know, like growing up and watching Prince Harry as I've grown up and planning to marry him, I've obviously oh. like watched lots of interviews and he. Or like minimal interviews because he doesn't like to do press. Mm. He hates the media. He blamed him and his brother have hated them yeah. for so long for thinking that they killed his mother. Mm. And you know, they were like when I watched him. What is he in Afghanistan? And the interview, and he ran off halfway through because he had to go and yeah. do his duty. Mm-hmm. Like to then see that that man is then going to be doing an Oprah interview it just seems such a bizarre switch it seems like out of the world almost do you know what I mean yeah. like, from what, like what we're used to seeing him as yeah it's almost like it's an episode of Black Mirror or something mm. I'm just like this doesn't fit with who I think Prince Harry is it's like she stepped into the royal spotlight when they mm. married and everything and got engaged mm. and all that sort of stuff and mm. now all of a sudden she's stepped out and gone back into her celebrity spotlight and taken mm. him with him so yeah. now almost Harry is a celebrity, not a prince. Royal, yeah. yeah like, and what I do get annoyed at is when people are like, "Oh, but it's all Meghan's fault." It's like, no, he obviously has his own mind. He can choose what he wants to do. Like, you yeah. can't put this all on her. Like, like he's he, a consenting adult. Yeah, like he's the one that ultimately had to give almost give up his title and all of that mm. to be with her. Like, yeah, she might have said do it, but at the end of the day, he's the prince. He's the royal. Like, yeah. He, he had to say in that mm, that's yeah and I think it's just a very that will be such an interesting interview to watch I can't wait for that I think it's gonna be like it's yeah it's gonna be so interesting but you can just tell like I think after that they're gonna lose so much res- not respect but I think so many people are gonna fall out of love with them because it's just it? going to blow up again, isn't it? Like, yeah, you can ima- you can see it happening now. Like, it's all just yeah. the public aren't going to be happy with it. Well, it's like the Daily Star on their cover for the pregnancy announcement. Mm. Like, they covered their eyes and they literally wrote the headline of like preg- uh, privacy. What was it like? Privacy shy woman announces her pregnancy to seven point eight billion people. Billion people, yeah. And it's like that. That is people's moods, though. You know. Yeah, it, yeah, it's hard because I, I, I was really happy and I am really happy. Yeah, for it's them. lovely. Like a baby is always lovely, you know. I think just like news. some people, again, get on their high horses and just have mm. to, they have to say, they have to have something to say about it. Yeah. Like when this true. Oprah interview comes out, there's going to be a million and one things being said. The about Piers it. Morgan is going to say. Oh my God, him. That yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, let's not get started on him. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine the columns? Like, there's just going to be so many. Yeah, it's going to be so much. Like, Mm. it's going to sweep the nation again or the world. Yeah. But I think maybe their focus is more on America, you know? Yeah. It's like Oprah is like their queen, essentially. So, like, like, oh my God. Yeah, like Oprah is like royalty, essentially, to Americans. Mm. So, like, maybe they are just focusing, maybe they're like, we really are done with the UK. Like, we're focusing on the royalty here. I just hope it's not a really cliche mm. interview. I hope it's actually, like, a a genuine mm. 
tell-all interview kind of thing I don't want it to be yeah. like a really cringe like a segment on a bit of a show or something do you know what I mean like yeah no it will definitely be like a full episode like yeah deep dive yeah um I think it'll be on a topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am very interested in that yeah um because what's also really interesting is that's I know we've basically given up the topic we're talking about Megan and Harry <laughs> but like you know how much they hated Diana's panorama interview yeah and how William has been like campaigning to like investigate it and see what actually happened because mm-hmm. he think his mother he thought his mother was kind of coercing into doing the interview mm-hmm. it's then so odd to see Harry doing a probably like not even even bigger interview but like a similar level interview I've always said this that Harry is basically Diana and mm. William is Charles Oh no, because I love William and I don't like. Charles. I love him too, but do you know what I mean? Like when you say it that like yeah. that, and when you do think about it, mm. like yeah. William is do- yeah, a thousand times sense. better than Charles. But yeah, um, yeah, it does make like, sense. they it was almost like William that he couldn't accept the interview, the panorama interview. Mm. Yeah. But he was like, well, no, your mum wanted to do that. Like, yeah, it's and now. Yeah with harry he he's going to almost sort of follow in her footsteps because i guess like yeah. isn't oprah interviews sort of modern day panorama <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> like, um, is it the same i think the journalists at panorama probably disagree with you <laughs> but yes basically yeah yeah you, you get me <laughs> i get i do get you i think it's just oh i had a point and now it's gone <sighs> i hate when that happens <laughs> literally Probably been the best point I've ever made. Now it's gone. <laughs> oh my god! Right, let's carry on. Cause I don't right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just—it's crazy how women are such a subject of mm. just being picked at for literally yeah. anything. Like yeah. you could put something on Instagram, or you could not put something on Instagram, <laughs> and suddenly there's something being said about you. Because mm, it's so interesting. So I've made an Instagram account as like my just for like work, just to like look through all the influences and stuff. Yeah, I've got one of them. Yeah, and it's really useful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like when Caroline Flack, the anniversary of it, I was going through all of them, and like all the girls have posted something, mm-hmm. and like hardly any of the boys have done. Mm. And it's funny because I reckon if like say Molly May or like Laura Anderson hadn't posted something up, they'd have been like oh my god why the hell have you not put something up but like yeah. Tommy Carey didn't put any fucking thing up yeah this, it's, a du- it's like a double standard in a yeah, weird way yeah and it's bizarre that like they're all the same essentially like these celebs you know mm. and yet the males are treated so much better than the females for like absolutely no reason yeah they're a lot less also like what I've sort of realised and learned throughout my career is that I mean, it's, it's quite obvious how objectified women are as yeah. well, like the female it's celebs. Like, it's, li- it's literally, you could do anything or do nothing and someone somewhere is going to find an article to write about it. Yeah. Or to put a, an opinion out on it somewhere. Mm. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> you know, Zac Efron could do everything under the sun and it's like, mm, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, literally, like, Zac Efron could be a terrorist and everyone would be like, okay. Yeah, but I also I mean, think it maybe not, because, but... I mean, this does link onto our next topic, 
um but you know like women sell stuff essentially more than men do mm-hmm. you know models are is the one modeling is like one of the only industries where women are paid more than men yeah you know even that articles that you write you know mm-hmm. that makes money yeah. for companies brands you know people wearing certain things makeup and everything that is female celebrities technically do make more money than men yeah like for other companies maybe not themselves it's just like the whole like, advertising thing do you know what i mean like it's yeah. just a giant sort of circle mm. like there's going to be advertising everywhere you look like yeah even if i like so yeah i guess it does move us quite swiftly like nicely on to our next <laughs> topic but like they're and I, like that came out in the news today about pretty little thing um oh it makes me feel sick um so a tiktok user put up a video of finding fleas in her um order when it arrived and it was so gross um mm. but like then when press write about that you're technically still advertising pretty little thing yeah you, you know what I mean like you're giving them press like yeah. it's that it's a well-known sort of saying isn't it like good or yeah. bad press is public like it's yeah. there's no such thing as bad publicity bad press yeah. yeah um which is true yeah it is and I think unless you're Harvey Weinstein I think that's probably there's no good press for him yeah that's just yeah <laughs> bye Harvey um <laughs> but um, yeah like, it's just oh yeah so should we move on to our next topic let's move on now <laughs> <laughs> so our next topic is I guess maybe we could call it like, the future of fast fashion yeah yeah, let's call it that. We'll go um, with that. Yeah, because I think, you know, there's been a lot of conversation in the last few years. Everyone's like, ditch fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's killing the planet. It's awful for the workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been, like, the 95p or £1 sale from Pretty Little Thing. Yeah. You know, Boohoo's workers' conditions. That expose last year. Yeah. The fleas. And everyone's like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But... Are they actually done? Yeah, because that thing, isn't it? Like, you see people on like social media being like, "Oh my god!" Like the flea thing. Like, "Oh my god!" Mm. Can't believe it. Fleas. Not buying from them anymore. Mm. Oh, I was going to place a huge order, but I'm not going to do that now. Mm. And then it's almost like, "Oh, we'll give it like a week or so for this news to pass. You'll probably still be back on that website buying stuff." Yeah, you'll have kept your basket full. Yeah, like it's it's just that thing of like you said, like, is is it is fast fashion actually ever going to go? Like, mm. if people can express their opinions and say it, but, like, at the end of the day, you're still going to go to that website mm. and buy those new things out. And I think we also, we always, I'm not excusing Pretty Little Thing on Boohoo because they are probably some of the worst, you know, not, like, they are some of the worst in the industry, but most clothes, most high street fashion brands are fast fashion you know, Zara, Mango, Topshop, which is now part of ASOS, ASOS has stuff in new every day. Mm-hmm. And I think we always put the blame on Pretty Little Thing, which is valid, but we also, I think, need to be like, okay, let's look at everywhere we're shopping. Yeah, because... I completely agree with you. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, unfortunately, these brands have almost had to become fast fashion to keep up with mm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that as much as there's not like micro trends like there used mm. to be like a couple of years ago mm. that people are sort of less likely to buy 
so much trend-led stuff Mm. but they're still having to keep up with demand and to keep up with what everyone's wearing like yeah you can go on let's say like ASOS and you'll find a I don't know like a black corset lace black lace corset go on Mm -hmm. to put a little thing the next day and all of a sudden they've got it on their website basically the same thing yeah but like like, five variations of it on the same website and like a fraction of the price Mm. and I think it's like it's a constant like competition between all the brands really and then that almost yeah. um, again brings in the fast fashion aspect that they're having to keep mm. up with everyone yeah and I think because I always am like okay but like some people need to shop in Primark because they can't afford mm. to shop anywhere else yeah or like plus size women you know or men that like you know like sustainable brands don't cater to them so mm-hmm. like where else they're going to shop yeah <clears throat> but then I also think okay there is that aspect of it but that is, I think, quite a small minority of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, the the general problem is, like, what you've said, you know, constant competition, constant, like, influencers promoting it, all their collections, all... Everyone's constantly for a new top on a night out. Yeah. You know? Or, like, a new loungewear set during lockdown. You know, and I've done that. Like, I bought a tracksuit from ASOS because I was like, I just want to wear something. I just want something to make me feel good. Yeah. And it will arrive tomorrow and I'll, and I'll feel good in it. Mm-hmm which and it's so hard to stop yourself from doing it yeah and it's so like i mean like we, we're both guilty of it if we have like a birthday mm. or like new year's yeah. or something like that like we've both done it we're like oh we've got to get a new outfit for it we've got to get a yeah. new shirt for it or whatever yeah. and but then i do feel like maybe this past year and especially like during lockdown there mm. has been a shift towards more shopping sustainably mm. um because I've seen a lot of people that I follow saying about re-wearing stuff and everything like that. And again, like we were talking before we came on here, I was, when we was packing all our clothes to move, I realised how much I have. Mm. And to be fair, like during lockdown, I haven't actually bought anything new. Yeah. Um, and it actually, I actually go, goes to show, like we was packing, I was finding like shirts that I remember wearing on nights out before and being like, mm. oh, remember that shirt or like a really nice like blazer and I was like oh the blade that blazer like I can't wait to wear that blazer again Mm. so I'm like maybe everyone should just pause for a moment Mm. look at what you got in your wardrobe and think about like the memory attached to it or like the feeling attached to it and just be like yeah because when we go out again I'm gonna wear that and I'm gonna feel bloody good in it again oh one day god who am I (laughs) (laughs) A fashion writer advising you not to buy clothes. <laughs> is everything okay? Is, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's such yeah. a hard thing because, yeah, like, mm. if it's, like, my birthday, I'll be like, I want a nice new shirt. Yeah, like, and I'll just go through stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I, I could buy that, but I'm like, I'm not in love with it. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of becoming the thing where I'm now, like, the only things I see that I really love are, like, Rickso's wedding dresses which I now really want to get married oh, just to have a wedding dress stunning. and I think that's the thing it's like I need to remember like okay do you actually need a new top for an out or like can you just find something in your wardrobe because to be honest you're not going to get any good pictures someone might smell, spill something down it you're going to have a nice time anyway with your mates like does it really matter what top is yeah. on you yeah. and like I'm just worried that like when lockdown is over that like, it will be a bit more like oh my god no I need a new top though because like, it's very easy right now to be like, no, I'm fine. I don't need yeah. anything. 
but when it actually comes to like being like oh we're going to the pub do you want to come and I'm like yes but when we're a new top yeah I think new top for that <laughs> mm, for that. yeah no, I'm completely with you on that I guess it's just hard to presume like how it'll go like no one but like, think about like when we were younger you know, no one really mm. saw fast fashion being a thing and now all yeah. of a sudden that is it is the only thing like, almost <laughs> yeah but then I guess oh, it was a I don't know I'm trying to think of like when the high street when we were like 12 and stuff like how often Topshop like changed their collections well I used to work like back in uni I used to work like Burton's and George Perkins mm-hmm. and um even then like we had I remember like we had our like autumn winter spring summer stuff and obviously mm. had, like we had new stuff coming in in our deliveries mm. but it was never like a whole entire new collection mm. like it was always stuff we had had already in being oh, restocked okay, like, yeah restock. yeah or like it was I don't remember really having almost being like oh my god this is new 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 but mm. then I guess maybe in bigger stores they probably did. Yeah, that's true. But if you imagine like flagship stores and stuff like that, yeah. like, like they probably get new ranges every single day. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. We shall see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll be here for a while, unfortunately. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> so have you got some good news for me i do i do i do delightful okay so the headline reads gay couple left heartbroken after adoption rejection finally become dads through surrogacy um a gay couple who were denied the chance to adopt a child because of a kidney transplant have had their first baby with the help of a surrogate Harvey Cooper, 30, and Adam Williams, 25, were turned away when they tried to adopt a child because Adam has had three kidney transplants. The Doncaster couple were devastated, but everything changed when they became friends with Naomi Cheatwood when she offered to act as a surrogate for the couple. They leapt at the opportunity. Cooper and Williams became first-time dads on the 31st of January when Naomi gave birth to little Jacob. The happy couple have documented their incredible journey on their Instagram account titled Harvey and Adam. They have also been vocal in their gratitude to Chetwood and her wife for helping them become parents. Sharing news of Jacob's birth on, in- on Instagram on 1st of February, Harvey and Adam wrote, words are not cutting it at the moment and the emotions running through our hearts can't describe this desire inside to love our baby Jacob. And I thought it was just really cute because it's almost like, question as to, <laughs> I, mean, I kind of get it thinking about it, but like, the fact that Adam had three kidney transplants and then that was the reason they got turned down for adoption. Yeah, that's so interesting. I get it maybe in terms of like health issues and obviously stuff like that, but I'm just like, does that happen with straight couples? Like, do you know well, what I mean? Like, is that a thing with straight people? This is interesting <laughs> because so like my friend and her girlfriend, they were just like considering, they were just like looking into what IVF, is yeah like just like one day like what is it going to be like and you have to have such like a specific bmi like between to even be able to carry really yeah so like one of them was like close to the bmi cut one of them was under and it meant that then even that is like an obstacle and it's like there seemed to be but then we were saying like hang on 
you could just go down the road, shag the nearest boy you find mm. and get pregnant and the NHS aren't going to stop you. Yeah. And it's mad that those obstacles of like such things that don't affect straight couples or people that don't have fertility issues, mm-hmm. you know, things like a BMI reading, which is not really an indicator of health. Yeah. Or what stops you from having a child. Yeah, because obviously like me and Gabriel have had the com- like, conversations about kids and that. And like, just I've heard through friends and like people we know that like even adoption, like it's it still works out so expensive as well. And like you have to go oh. through so many like rounds of questions and they have to question mm. other people about you. And mm. so like, almost like militant and very... Mm like strict and I, I completely get it like obviously yeah. you're being given a child yeah um but it just makes me think like is it is there more judgment maybe yeah on lgbtqi plus like you don't know yeah it's hard I think I think the minute you're not doing a traditional shag and have a kid hmm. like pop one out it then becomes so complicated for every kind of couple I'm with you. No, like, even and not like discounting the LGBTQI movement because I think even that is like an additional thing. But I think even if you're like a straight couple, mm. even being able to afford IVF is like a whole other hurdle in itself. Completely. Like I read this book last year, and it's like this woman and her husband were trying to get pregnant for years, and they just got to the point where they were so sick of each other, and the whole thing they were like they were close to divorce, and they're like, hey, either we get divorced, or we just stop trying for this thing yeah and they just stopped trying they kept their marriage and stuff and it's like it's so bizarre that like you can do it in the traditional way mm-hmm. and everything's fine yeah and at the minute you had a complication not even a complication you just who you're with and who you love yeah and it makes it that... 10 times harder yeah like it's just that like you said it like it's easy just to walk down the street and be like hiya boom done boom like it, but for some reason it's so such a long and tough process for those who can't have children mm. or LGBTQI plus people that want to do it. Like it's not easy, but um, yeah, reading that article mm. brought a little bit of sunshine to my day. So I thought I'd share. It oh yeah, no, that's lovely. I feel like I want to go find the baby, but not find the baby. <laughs> find them on Instagram. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's kidnapping. That's, that sounds really weird. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I went on their Instagram though, and the Instagram's really cute, and the pictures are so cute. And yeah, it's just What's a really it nice called Instagram. again? Um, it is called is it Harvey? Harvey Adam. So it's Harvey underscore and underscore Adam. Oh. And there's like little pictures of when he was born. Oh my god! So I'm just oh. looking at her. <laughs> it's oh so cute. God. Oh, Yorkshire gay couple. <laughs> I know. Oh. It's so cute. But yeah, that is That's my good lovely. news of the week. <laughs> oh, they look so happy. Oh, bless them. I'm so happy for them. Oh. I know. So, Lydia, book of the week. Right, going for something cute, something a bit like semi depressing. Um, okay. We've decided to mix it up here. Um, so this week I have been reading um, A Bit of a Stretch, The Diaries of a Prisoner by Chris Atkins. Oh, okay. This is um, different. 
Yeah, I know. So I love like a diary like memoir. So mm-hmm. you know like Adam Kay's like this is gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I love like a memoir that's more like not like about their whole life, but like about a period of someone's life. Yeah. You know, and just like a diary entry is really good. So this man, he is like a filmmaker essentially, but he got like embroiled in like a tax like scam sort of vibe. So he went to prison for five years. and in that time he writes so he went to like hmp wandsworth which is like Mm. one of like the biggest like worst prisons in the uk yeah um and he was there for nine months for them being transferred to like an open prison and his whole book is about about those nine months that he spent there essentially and you know everything he saw and like the dysfunction like the problems with the prison system as it is Mm -hmm. and he spoke about how it almost breeds more crime because of the conditions because it's not there as like a help scheme as it's meant to be like a rehab sort of vibe it's just like you know like stuff i'm not gonna lie i will confess i'm only like 30 pages in (laughs) because this week's been just shit um i'm just tired but it's really like it's addictive to read to be honest like it's so interesting like even just learning about like how someone feels to walk into a prison cell yeah like it's just so interesting um so maybe i should i'll read some more of it and give us an update next week (laughs) but i just love like a diary like i don't know why it's just so interesting to read someone else's diary even though it's like based in prison i'm just like i just love it i feel like sometimes it almost makes it a little bit more personal than like a autobiography or like a biography or something like that it makes it seem a lot more like Mm. a one-to-one kind of thing yeah like you're really getting into like, the nitty-gritty of it yeah um because i read a book last two years ago called jailbirds which is about like female prisons mm-hmm. um but that was by like an instructor who worked there was like a, like doing like craft sessions with them right whereas this is like, actually from a prisoner's point of view and obviously as a documentary maker he knows exactly what to look for mm-hmm. that sort of thing and what i didn't know what i've already learned is so in some of the prisons, I don't know whether this is like a, across the UK, you can become a listener. So you get Samaritans training. Um, and as a prisoner, you can help other prisoners by doing like mental health sessions. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so like, you might have two of you go into like a cell with like another prisoner and like have conversations and like chat about everything, um, which I didn't even know was a thing. So yeah, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah us learning <laughs> i know we're so like we're just so educated <laughs> also got a nice little picture of some porridge on the front mm-hmm. so yummy <laughs> yummy yeah some of the bits he's saying i'm like nah yeah i'm good not to go to prison like how like, i want to stay away <laughs> like six showers for like god knows how many men Ugh. yeah <laughs> And like the flat, the flower, the shower floor covered in like shampoo bottles and razor things. I don't even shower at a bathroom with like my own sister, like let alone anyone Good else. God. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to handle that actually. Thinking about it, like, yeah, I can't have a dirty bathroom. Absolutely or, not. No, the worst thing ever, a dirty bathroom. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope we don't commit any crimes then. Uh, I can't. I can't promise that. <laughs> but I, I can't commit a crime now because I can't share a shower with people. So yeah, I'm not. I, just, if you ever get arrested, just say that. Just be like, trust me. I know I didn't do it. I don't want to go in the showers. I wouldn't shower with someone else. 
Well, no, no, okay, that's a different scenario. If you ever feel like killing someone, think about the showers. <laughs> it's true. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so what have you been gifted this week? Um, so I have been gifted, I think it actually came today. Um, I feel like you always see, like, sort of guilty, not guilty, but, like, um, the influencers in, like, those baggy, like, uh they're like blanket hoodies kind of thing mm. really oversized they're like a sort of velvet type thing so I got gifted one of them mm. um and it's called the comfy hashtag not an ad um <laughs> but genuinely it is so bloody comfy like I have been wearing it all day one because I've been absolutely freezing and two <laughs> I just it's so cozy honestly like you should have seen me at the desk like I mean, it was like half your Instagram up. story. It's on my Instagram story. <laughs> like, I was just so cosy. Even I took the lunch break and I was just there with a blanket over me as well. And I was like, I'm not moving. <laughs> Do you just feel like you were getting a hug from a piece of clothing? Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. good. It's so nice. Oh, that is, yeah. I don't oh, think they were that expensive either. So, get one. <laughs> am I? Am I? Or we can be comfy twins. <laughs> oh, I love that. Literally, I've now, like, apart from today, actually, I've been wearing, like, my thermal leggings every day. Mm. And just, like, a different jumper. Because I'm like, it's cold. Who have I got to get dressed up for? No Very one. true. Although I feel like this week and last week, I've been trying to make more of a conscious effort mm. for work. Like, mm. doing my face a little bit more. And, like, wearing, like, a nice T-shirt or a nice jumper. Yeah. Just try and make yourself a little bit more fancy. I mean, I did that all of lockdown, like from last March. Like the last month, I've been like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I'm never going to get you. If you've been doing it since last leggings. March, well done. Like, I've been doing it no. for two weeks. <laughs> I've always, like, I always try to put my jeans on. Mm. Um, but what I do have, what I wear all the time, if I'm not wearing my thermal leggings, they've got these like cream cords from Topshop from like two years ago. And they're just really comfy because they're like, they look smart, but they're just like, just chill sort of like loungewear kind of they're like loungewear but like not but like yeah, i'd yeah. wear them to the office usually but they're also just really comfy and soft mm, nice mm. <laughs> um should we sign off with a bit of bing bang bong because <laughs> you haven't dang, heard it enough <laughs> <laughs> also if, if people don't listen to drag race they're gonna be like what the fuck is going on yeah really so guys but you should know this <laughs> uh yeah this no, is an important part of history right here <laughs> yeah literally like oh like, what would we be without UK yeah. United Kingdoms? Before we sign off with the oh, thing, yeah. bang sorry, <laughs> I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening again this week. We absolutely love you for sticking with us and tuning in every week for those that do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please uh, rate, share, subscribe, give us a lovely review and a nice comment because we do see them. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and you can get in touch at Wind Down the Podcast on Instagram, Wind Down the Podcast at gmail.com, and Wind Down underscore on Twitter. Indeed. Or that's it, that's it really. Um, <laughs> that's about but it. Yeah, no, please like, share, rate, and subscribe and review as well. That would like really, really help us out. If people could leave an iTunes review. We would love you forever and we'll maybe send you a bottle of wine. Probably and it only not. It takes but, seconds you know, to do. <laughs> yeah, literally, just tell us how much you love us. Like, and we're gonna we invite you to the, yeah literally we don't and we'll invite you to the podcast party when it eventually happens after yes, lockdown definitely but only if you leave a review okay <laughs>
cool. No review, no invitation. No invitation. <laughs> Please, someone leave a review. We're begging here. Okay, right. Should we sign off now? Let's sign off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue. Oh. <laughs> Big bang bong. Big bang bong. Big bang bong. UK high. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>